Hello, and thank you for listening to the latest episode of the Wolf Sports Show. Really sorry about last week, missing an episode for the first time during the season. Some unforeseen circumstances, but everything's good. And hopefully you were able to check out wolfsports.com for plenty of content there leading up to week 13. But we're now into week 14, second week of December. Games start meaning more. Playoff race is getting tight. So we'll dive right in first. Six teams on a bye. We'll begin with the Commanders coming off a tie with the Giants last week. Taylor Heineke was clutch at the end of regulation of force OT. And Jahan Dotson, he showed off his impressive skill level on the game-tying touchdown late on a catch-and-run where he basically spun out of a couple of tackles. And Brian Robson continues to impress on the ground coming back from the crazy situation from late in the summer. Overall, in a tight NFC wildcard race, the tie might ultimately work in the commander's favor. And they've been flexed into next Sunday night when they return from the bye facing the Giants again, which is kind of weird. I'm not sure what the schedule makers were thinking with that. Two straight games against the same team. But anyway, that'll be a big one in Washington with the Seahawks still playing well and obviously the Cowboys or Eagles will almost certainly take one of the wild card spots. Likely the Eagles winning the East and the Cowboys taking the top wild card spot in the NFC. The Packers are on a bye week. It wasn't really pretty or anything, but they were able to beat the Bears at Soldier Field. Aaron Rodgers was able to give a wave to what he called his second home. A.J. Dillon was big with, I think it was 93 yards and a touchdown on the ground. I like how they've gotten him involved the past couple of games. Christian Watson scored twice again, 46-yard touchdown run, and caught a touchdown on key fourth down from Rodgers. And he now has eight touchdowns the past four games, so he's on a totally insane run right now. And all it took for him was to get healthy. And you could see Matt LaFleur and the backers there scheming things to get Watson in situations where he can take advantage of his speed, mostly on crossing routes, where he can just run away from defenders. And again, the touchdown run last week by him. The Bears, who again the Packers beat, are also on a bye. It was good to see Justin Fields back after missing one game because of his left shoulder injury. He was efficient as a passer. I think it was 21 of 25, but he had another late interception, so that hurts. He's not in an easy spot with his boarding cast, but the passing performance at the end of games is something he'll need to improve on moving forward. But he also had another touchdown run of over 50 yards. And he's quickly becoming one of the most dynamic playmakers at any position in the league. And with respect to Lamar Jackson and others, right now Fields is probably the best rushing weapon at quarterback in the league. The Colts also have their bye week. They were in it with the Cowboys until the fourth quarter. And Dallas ran away with it big time in the final 15 minutes, scoring 33 points. Jim Irsay clearly not happy, and the frustration is evident in Indy. Matt Ryan, it's been tough for him all year with the Colts, as former head coach Frank Reich said, not really holding up their end of the bargain with what was expected when he arrived, which was a top-tier rushing attack and a elite offensive line. And on a few occasions on Sunday night, Jonathan Taylor was visibly frustrated and that's kind of rare from him as an even-killed type of guy, but he wants to win, and 
things have not gone well. And the Colts now at 4-8-1, and one, heading into the bye. Doesn't look like they'll be making a playoff run with 500, 8-8-1 being the best they can do this season if they win four straight. The Saints are on a bye. They probably need it after the Bucks came back and beat them when they were up 16-3 to with around five minutes to go in the game on Monday night. That's about as bad of a regular season loss as I can remember for New Orleans. They're now at 4-9. Again, they don't own their own first-round pick with that strange trade they made with the Eagles in the offseason. So it's looking like a decent shot. A top-five pick is going to be heading to Philly. And if they would have won that game, they would have gotten to 5-8. and eight. And with the Bucks playing the Niners this week, they might have dropped to 5-8, and eight, Tampa Bay. Instead, they're at 6-6, six and six, the Bucks, and... The Saints are well behind in the division, lost both games to Tampa. And sometimes you want to get back out and play, I'm sure, after losing a heartbreaking game like that. At this point, I think the Saints could use a recharge and see if they can play well and not give up too high of a draft pick over the final four games by stringing together some wins. And then finally, the Falcons. They lost another close game last week to the Steelers. They're 5-8, and eight, and six of their eight losses have come by one possession. So, I mean, Arthur Smith, he's getting his guys to compete. Sort of an undermanned roster, in my opinion. And in somewhat of a surprise to me, because they're not that far behind the Bucks. They're benching Marcus Mariota and going with Desmond Ritter for the final four games. When they return from the bye, maybe this was the plan all along with a late bye, seeing where they stand and giving Ritter a shot to see how he looks as a third-round rookie. But Mario is definitely a guy that commands a ton of respect. There was an NFL Films clip from a couple of games ago, the loss to the Commanders, where Jonathan Allen hit Mariota, who stood in the pocket and, and covered the ball. And Allen told him he loves the way he plays, loves his game, and he helped Mariota up. So it was a genuine uh, compliment for someone that plays hard at quarterback. And we'll see what happens with Mariota this offseason. I think he played pretty well in not easy circumstances. Now we'll run through every game for week 14. Starting with Thursday Night Football Raiders against the Rams. There was a lot of talk and criticism about the job Josh McDaniels is doing, and I guess deservingly so, considering they were a playoff team last year and struggled so much early in the season. But they've quietly gone from 2-7 to seven to 5-7 and seven with three straight wins behind Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams. It's sort of a pick-your-poison attack, and they both been playing exceptionally well and last week's win over the Chargers, Chandler Jones got going with three sacks so that was good to see that's more than he had all season after it was a high profile offseason acquisition and they're right in the mix at five and seven if they can get a win tonight on the road on a short week to get to six and seven and Josh Jacobs in the summer it looked like it'd be a committee backfield he played in the Hall of Fame game apparently he wanted to play I guess but anyway he played in the Hall of Fame game was looking like a committee backfield, but he's been a complete workhorse. Leads the NFL in rushing by a large margin at this point. So that's been a cool story in a contract year for Jacobs. And they face a Rams team that's lost six straight. Aaron Donald will be out again tonight. Of course, Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, Allen Robinson, all likely done for the season. But they made relatively big news by signing former number one overall pick Baker Mayfield, who the Panthers acquired in the offseason and waived him after Mayfield asked for his release. And the Rams were the team to claim him. McVay was a fan of Mayfield coming out of the draft process. 
And at the very least, with the Rams, they're in three standalone games the next three weeks, tonight, and then Monday Night Football in week 15. And then on Christmas Day, they face the Broncos. Um, not great for a standalone four o'clock game on Christmas, but that's what we have. And I think Mayfield will make things more interesting for the Rams, at least. And we'll see if he can rebuild himself a bit under the tutelage of McVay and company. The Vikings face the Lions. They played a close game in the first matchup. Minnesota scored 14 fourth quarter points at home to eventually beat the Lions by four. And that was to some extent maybe a springboard for the Vikings to go on this run they've been on. 10-2 record. Only lost it to the Eagles and the Cowboys. While the Lions had to find their footing a bit early in the season, but now they're playing about as well as anyone. You look at the struggles for the Rams. Jared Goff, he, their former quarterback, he's looking like, I mean, you give him a supporting cast, he showed what he can do with the Rams, putting up great numbers, showing off his actually getting the Super Bowl. And he's on the rise again with the Lions. This should be a close game in Minnesota is 9-0 in one-score games this season. Kirk Cousins was a little bit off against the Jets last week, but the Vikings got another interception late, two stops overall late to hold the Jets out of the end zone, and they were able to survive and get a big win. And the Lions are, it's a little surprising, they're favored by two and a half points as of now this week, and definitely one of the games of Week 14, the NFC North battle in Detroit. The Ravens face the Steelers. It's in Pittsburgh. Lamar Jackson's out with a knee injury, likely out anyway. The PCL injury that's expected to keep him out one to three weeks. So we're likely to see Tyler Huntley, who impressed last season, filling in for Jackson. But he and the offense did struggle against Pittsburgh in the final week last year. And the Steelers have won four straight in this series. They're favored again this week. Should be a battle, and we'll see if maybe Huntley, starting at quarterback, can get Mark Andrews going a little more after the duo had success last season and for the Steelers they I think need to take care of the ball and they should have a really good shot to win get to six and seven and be right in the mix for a playoff spot in the AFC and also George Pickens promising rookie receiver he voiced frustration about not getting the ball but Mike Tomlin who handles players better than anyone he said he's good with that good with Pickens winning the ball he'd rather it be like that than him to not want the ball and we'll see if Pickens and Deontay Johnson can do some damage. And again, should be one of the games of the week in the AFC North. And then sticking in the AFC North, we have plenty of good um, divisional matchups this week all across the schedule. Uh, the Browns face the Bengals. Bengals are riding high after beating the Chiefs last week. They've won three straight over Kansas City, dating back to last year, including the AFC Championship game. If you follow the NFL or college football, then you know that Joe Burrow... His teams are confident against anyone. And they definitely appear to have the number of Kansas City right now. Rowe is about as locked in as anyone at quarterback. And it helps having Jamar Chase back. Samaj P. Ryan has done a great job with Joe mixing out. But that confidence will actually be on the test this week. Rowe's never beaten the Browns. Cleveland handled them pretty easily in the first matchup Monday night earlier this season when Jamar Chase was out. So this is going to be a test. Bengals will look to not have a letdown. But for the Browns, they had three touchdowns from the special teams and defense. Donovan Peoples-Jones had a punt return touchdown. The defense had two scores. So that's what really led them in the win over the Texans. 
And Deshaun Watson's team debut, first time playing in two years, didn't look good. We'll see if he can knock the rust off. And I'll have to do it quickly facing the Bengals. And I still think Cleveland needs to ride Nick Chubb about as much as possible. Another divisional matchup, the Jets face the Bills. The Jets upset the Bills in the first matchup earlier this season. It was the game Josh Allen hurt his elbow. He's still dealing with the elbow, but it seems to be behind him in terms of limitations. It's more of a pain tolerance thing. Unfortunately for the Bills, it looked like Von Miller would be back for the postseason. It turns out after surgery, he did in fact have a torn ACL. So he's sadly done for the season. And that is a massive loss for the Bills, without a doubt. He was brought in as their closer on a huge contract in the offseason. And not having him could be the difference against teams like Kansas City and Cincinnati in January. For the positives, at least Tredavious White, he's working more and more back in the lineup. He wasn't available last postseason, suffering the torn ACL on Thanksgiving last year. But it's been two straight years of losing a all-pro player, all-pro defensive player on Thanksgiving, so that's been tough for the Bills. And at least they have a big thing going with their dominance, really, against the Patriots as of late. And they didn't have much trouble last Thursday night in coasting to a win. And the Jets, they lost to the Vikings. Again, had a shot, a couple of shots to win late in the fourth quarter, at least take the lead. Vikings sealed it with an interception of Mike White. But New York is really confident in White. Garrett Wilson said it. I think he said he'd go to war with White. The team's wearing t-shirts and everything of White. And this is a big one for him, looking to keep the starting job all year and maybe even long term. With Zach Wilson on the bench. And White threw four interceptions against the Bills last season. So we'll see how he can fare against Sean McDermott's defense this Sunday. And some teams, including the Chargers, Patriots, are right behind the Jets. And also the 5-7 and seven teams, like the Raiders and the Steelers, are in the mix. So getting a win, getting to 8-5, and five will be massive for them. The Texans face the Cowboys. Houston just talked about them giving up three non-offensive touchdowns. Just one win this year. Again, still the only team without at least three wins, which has been the case for a bit now. Not a good team obviously, but they're going back to Davis Mills at quarterback after he sat a couple of weeks with Kyle Allen starting, and we'll see if the trip to the bench gave him a different perspective, but he's being thrown right in there against the Cowboys team that scored 33 fourth quarter points, third team ever to do that last week against the Colts. Everything's clicking for the Cowboys. The running back duo of Elliott and Pollard, Michael Gallup scored twice last week, C.D. Lamb's playing like number one receiver. There's been some interceptions, but Dak Prescott's playing well. Remember, this was the highest scoring offense in the league last year. So they're finding their groove at the right time. And they're, I think it might be the biggest favorites of the season at 16.5 points this week against the Texans. The Eagles take on the Giants. I thought Derrick Henry might give Philadelphia some issues despite their recent improvements in run defense entering the game and getting Jordan Davis back last week, although he didn't play much and then was apparently injured again, but I think he's all right because he was in and on the field goal unit. But they completely shut down Henry, dominated the Titans. A.J. Brown had two touchdowns. The performance by the Eagles led to some changes in the Titans organization, which we'll get to in a second. Jalen Hurts won back-to-back NFC Offensive Player of the Week awards. Two weeks ago, it was for his rushing, 157 yards on Sunday night against the Packers. 
And then last week it was passing 380 yards, three touchdowns passing, and he had another on the ground. I think he's the MVP front runner right now. Still plenty to go, but he's been phenomenal all season. For the Giants, talked about that tie with the Commanders last week. Again, it might help them. They're still in a good spot at 7-4-1 in the NFC wildcard race, holding the second spot right now. It was disappointing that the defense gave up the lead to the Commanders at the end of regulation, but they made some stops in overtime to help secure a tie, at least. Daniel Jones used his legs a lot last week, and I'd look for that to continue with the Eagles likely locking in on trying to stop Saquon Barkley. And now to the Titans. They host the Jaguars. Tennessee fired general manager John Robinson a couple of days after the loss to the Eagles. It's a tough situation for him. Put together a solid roster. The top seed in the AFC last season, even without Derrick Henry for half the year. While they trade away Brown, that was really puzzling. And you could see on draft night, uh, Mike Vrabel was not happy about it. But they did. Looks like hit on a replacement with Traylon Burks, who caught a touchdown last week. Spectacular catch in the end zone. And unfortunately had to leave due to the concussion protocol, taking a big hit on it. I think ultimately the Titans feel like they maybe aren't on the high end of elite talent. That includes on offense mainly. And again, I think I said it a couple of weeks ago, or at least on maybe in the power rankings on wolfsports.com, how Mike Vrabel basically gets the most out of his team. And it'd be interesting to see what he can do with maybe more high-end talent all across the roster. They do have some star quality players. Henry, obviously, Jeffrey Simmons, Kevin Byard. Maybe just not deep enough, not quite enough juice on both sides of the ball. So the Titans are looking to get back on track after losing at Philly last week. And they host a Jaguars team also looking to get back on track. Had an ugly loss against the Lions. The players were not happy about it. Trevor Lawrence said it was essentially a playoff game for them and they laid down they didn't play well so it's at least a positive that they're not happy about it and they're looking to change things and it's going to be a process the first year under Doug Peterson after what happened last year under Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence injured his leg last week it looked like a serious injury I thought he might be done for the season and somehow he returned he had a limp but he returned thankfully but he's uncertain for this week but at least it isn't anything too serious and that'd be big if he can go. Again, no one really played well for Jacksonville last week. But Lawrence showed some flashes despite the team struggles, including a total dime, one of the best throws of the week, to Christian Kirk on a deep corner route. Now to the 4 o'clock games. Unfortunately, there's only three. First up, Chiefs face the Broncos. Again, tough loss to the Bengals. They now relinquished the driver's seat of the top seed in the AFC and a first jump by and home field advantage, which now Buffalo is in possession of as things currently stand with five games to go especially with injuries at receiver Miko Hardman been out Kadarius Tony's been out I'd like to see them maybe commit more to the run game with Isaiah Pacheco to potentially open things up for everyone else he ran well last week didn't get quite enough touches maybe in close game against the Bengals and this Sunday against the Broncos will be another tough test Denver has a strong defense it's in Denver not an easy place to play for the Broncos coming off a 10-9 loss to the Ravens Gave up a late touchdown to Tyler Huntley on the ground. And the defense, just too much is being asked of them with the offensive struggles. And as I said in this week's power rankings, it feels like a lame duck type of team the Broncos do. With Nathaniel Hackett, I, I mean, I preach patience. 
for head coaching hires, but I don't think he's going to make it past this year with the new ownership group coming in. The Panthers face the Seahawks. Carolina's coming off the bye. Wade Mayfield, as we discussed earlier, they want to see what they have with Sam Darnold, the final handful of games. But look for them to commit to Deontay Foreman, Chuba Hubbard on the ground, and try to play solid defense and see if they can win some games. For the Seahawks, coming off a comeback win against the Rams last week in LA, Geno Smith threw for 367 yards, three touchdowns, hit DK Metcalf for the game winner on Jalen Ramsey, which I'm sure felt great for Metcalf considering their pretty big rivalry. And earlier in the game, Metcalf was going in motion and called Ramsey to come with him, follow him, and he didn't. And then later, he again scored the game winning touchdown on him. So that was good for him. The Seahawks are really banged up at running back. Ken Walker is dealing with the what's described as an odd ankle injury. It's like the inside of the ankle or something. DJ Dallas deal, also dealing with an ankle, a high ankle injury. He was doubtful last week. He came back to play because they need him. And so that was good toughness shown by him. And we'll see if Travis Homer dealing with a knee issue and an illness last week. We'll see if he can get back this week for the Seahawks, along with Tony Jones Jr., because the other two were looking uncertain. Gino, the way he throws the ball so accurately, he can just drop back and throw 50 times to me, and they can have success, especially with the way Metcalf and Tyler Lockett have played. For the final late afternoon game, the Bucks face the Niners. It's in San Francisco, so Tom Brady's returning home. Again, Brady led that epic comeback against the Saints on Monday night. Looked like they were done, but you should never count out Tom Brady's teams. And credit to Todd Bowles for the punt late, which people were criticizing a great deal, but it worked out perfectly. The Bucks got to 6-6. Six and six. This might be the last time for Brady. Well, I think Brady's going to play a lot longer now. Maybe not a lot longer, but I think he'll play past this season. Maybe a couple more years, get 25 seasons. But who knows, it could be his last time playing for against his hometown team, especially on the road. And the Niners have an interesting story of their own going with the late-round quarterback. Unfortunately, Jimmy Garoppolo is done likely for the season. He might be able to return in the playoffs because of a foot injury. Suffered last week against the Dolphins in their win where the defense dominated. Really tough situation for Garoppolo, who was playing extremely well. Led the team to four straight wins, well, really five wins, including last week. And they had definite Super Bowl aspirations with Jimmy G. That doesn't change a ton. Defense is still awesome. Tremendous skill players on offense. That'll help seventh-round rookie quarterback Brock Purdy, who was, I don't know, I guess he wasn't liked by the media coming in the draft. NFL teams didn't like him that much. He went with the last pick in the draft, Mr. Irrelevant, but he easily could have been selected earlier in day three. He impressed during the summer. The teammates, they're very confident in him based on their comments. Trent Williams said he walks around like he's Peyton Manning or something, and he said it as a compliment. So we'll see if Purdy can be somewhat of a gamer, that type of guy, and come in and lead the Niners to wins. They're almost certainly going to make the playoffs despite the Jimmy G injury. And it'll be a tough first start without a doubt facing Todd Bowles' defense, which despite some inconsistency can fly around and make plays. And not a huge change needs to be made for the for Kyle Shanahan's offense because Purdy is more similar to Jimmy G than Jimmy G was to Lance, Trey Lance, who was injured early this season. And I'm just seeing now, I guess Trent Williams called Purdy his favorite teammate, so that's really interesting. One of the best players in the league, Trent Williams, future Hall of Famer probably. 
a left tackle to say that that's going to set the tune and have everyone believing in Purdy that they can win with him. And I think they can make a deep playoff run with everyone playing well around Purdy. On Sunday night, this was flexed in a couple of weeks ago. They took out Chiefs Broncos, um, which was originally scheduled for Sunday Night Football. So that says a lot about where the Broncos are for the NFL and NBC to be okay with taking out Patrick Mahomes of primetime. The Dolphins faced the Chargers, both coming off losses last week. Miami was at San Francisco. They couldn't get much going on the ground, didn't really try to. The Dolphins against the Niners. And Tua Tagovailoa was off just a bit as a passer pretty much all game. So it was a tough spot for them to win that with Tua being off and not running the ball. And for the Chargers last week, the offensive line dealing with injuries. Justin Herbert was sacked five times under pressure all afternoon. Couldn't stop Devontae Adams or Josh Jacobs. And currently at 6-6, six and six, the Chargers... It's been disappointing for them. Again, have dealt with injuries. And hopefully Mike Williams, battling the high ankle sprain, can return and be close to 100% this Sunday night in a big AFC matchup with the Dolphins. And then finally, Monday Night Football, Patriots against Cardinals in Arizona. Cardinals play better on the road, so that's interesting. The Cardinals are coming off their bye. Unfortunately, there was no Hard Knocks episode last night, which was, I thought, a little weird. The Patriots had a mini-bye playing on Thursday. Last week, the loss to the Bills. So they had some extra time to prepare for this one. Back in 2020, the two teams matched up. And I was really interested with the way Bill Belichick played Kyler Murray. Basically didn't rush him much. I guess want to see if Murray would remain patient, even if they send like just two or three uh, rushers. The Patriots got that win. Murray didn't play well. And this New England defense, they've had their struggles against Buffalo but I think they can match up with just about anyone else in the league. For some reason, the Bills have their number right now. So I think on Monday night, the Cardinals defense needs to step up in what could be a low-scoring game. Anything can happen, but I'd expect it to be low-scoring. It'd be big if they can force some turnovers of Mac Jones, who's been playing better recently after surprising struggles to open the season. And whichever team can avoid turnovers in what might be a close game, I think should get the win. But it should be a good one. Cardinals maybe out of realistic playoff contention. But they're playing for some respect. They're playing on hard knocks, playing for jobs. And the Patriots squarely in the mix for a wild card spot in the AFC. So that covers everything. Hit all 32 teams. Looks like another good week after last week was a good schedule. A good schedule again this week. Stack with divisional matchups. And also we have Bucks Niners, Dolphins Chargers. Pats Cardinals, I think, is a solid Monday night game. So we'll be back next week. Enjoy all the games, and thank you for listening.